Welcome to the Avatar On Air podcast. My name is Mark Springer. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Avatar Nutrition and your host for this podcast. And today we're going to be talking about everything you need to know about dieting based on real science. The internet's full of phony, confusing information about weight loss, and you could spend years chasing every fad, weird piece of advice, and crazy idea. And the worst part is, you'd probably be right back where you started. But here's the wicked truth about dieting. Most diets work, but most also fail. Let me explain that. When you set out on a fat loss journey, you might be thinking that you have one goal, lose fat. That part can be hard, easy, or anything in between. If you're doing it right, uh, you'll probably succeed regardless of what diet you pick. But the battle doesn't really end there because almost all diets work, but most of them leave you stranded. You reach your ideal weight, your ideal look, or give up at close enough, and you aren't sure where to go from there. And that's why most people gain weight right back. And that's what we're here to fix in this episode of the Avatar On Air podcast. Whether your diet is motivated by looks or health or both, it doesn't matter. No one wants to end up right back where they started, and that's why you need to know the things that we're going to talk about in this podcast. Attack the beast, the dreaded diet, with the best weapons. Build a new you with the best tools, and don't suffer unnecessarily along the way. The first three things we're going to talk about are the eternal truths of dieting that you have to know to make this happen, and the rest of what we're going to talk about gets into the science and the nitty-gritty details. Don't go wandering into another diet blind or trusting the myths of fat loss. Have confidence, know what you're doing, and reach real, lasting success along the way. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is part of my TCE formula. For those of you who are new listeners, that just means time plus consistency plus effort. And when you put those three things together, you can accomplish pretty much anything you put your mind to. But first, we're talking about consistency, and consistency is king. Shocked? Probably not. Be consistent is the mentality equivalent of eat your vegetables. It's great advice, but it teaches you nothing. And it's about as helpful as greens are good when you're staring at an uncooked, grass-tasting pile of kale. Nope, not helpful. We're going to put consistency into perspective. It's not a magical quality that people who keep lists and calendars have, and it's not a boring mantra about doing the same thing all the time. Consistency is an average. It's a commitment to do the right thing most of the time, and to get right back on the horse when you fall off of it, which was guaranteed to happen. Most diets are temporary and rigid. For some people, that's a perfect recipe for fat loss. Get in, lose a few pounds, and get out. But for most of us, when we get out again, we're not any better off than when we started. And that's because the nuclear option that most diets resort to just isn't consistent. It's, it's not something that you can keep doing, and it doesn't help you at all when it's over. This is really important. Lots of research has looked at how dieters turn out after a year or two, and the results are dismal. Most subjects in weight loss studies manage to lose significant amounts of weight, more than 10% of their body's worth. Now, most diets would raise the flag and call it quits right there. Success? Right? Not quite. Looking deeper, it's those same studies that follow those people after the diet ends find that they gain most of that weight back, usually around 70% of it. Diets are simple but they aren't as simple as seeing the number on the scale go down and calling it a day. When a diet ends, your progress shouldn't start disappearing, but that's exactly what happens. And this holds true even when behavioral changes and coaching come with the diet. As soon as that ended, the participants were left on their own. They started gradually slipping back right towards where they started. That's what we saw in that study. 
What we need, what you need, is consistency. And dieting, that means building a plan or choosing a system that helps keep you going when the diet is done. That doesn't mean restricting your food forever. It just means picking a diet that's sustainable and that sets you up for long-term success and gives you a plan for what to do on the other side of it. And most importantly, it has to be a change that you can make for the long haul. You know, cough, cough, or reverse dieting, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But consistency is something that walks hand-in-hand hand with success. You can't have one without the other, and if you have consistency, there's no reason you won't make it to success, assuming that your diet really works, but that's a talk for a little bit further down the road. So now what we're going to talk about is how quantity is more important than quality when it comes to your diet. We've already mentioned the idea of a smart diet, so let's talk about what that means. A good diet, one that actually makes you lose fat, works because you consume fewer calories than you burn. Fat is energy stored in the body. To lose fat, you have to convince your body it needs to burn it off to survive. Just like you wouldn't dip into your savings account if you're making bank every month, your body won't pull from its stores of fat energy unless it absolutely needs to. That means that you have to be in a calorie deficit or eating less energy, food, than your body uses and needs. Great. All you have to do is eat less and move more. It's easy, except it usually doesn't seem that way. Part of the reason is that most people are rightly confused as heck about what they really need to do to lose weight. Uh, avoid this, eat that, drink these, wear these shoes, use this product, follow this program, uh, so on and so forth. Diets have, been conduct or diets have been concocted that tell you to do everything from only eat potatoes to, and I'm not kidding here, stare into the sun. There are people called sun eaters. You can Google this. They do exist. And they will tell you that they don't need calories. They just need to stare into the sun. They, they sustain that way. It's kind of crazy, but that's the world we live in. You know, it's almost 2020, but there you go. All right. <laughs> and that confusion is more than just a part of the problem. If you want your diet to actually work, and you probably do, this might be the most important thing to understand. Calories and protein matter. And most everything else doesn't quite matter as much. So if we're thinking about the order of importance in your diet, the first thing that you're looking at is calories and protein, and then all the other things that you can layer on top of that play second fiddle. So the fad diets that we're talking about where you strictly have to adhere to this or that, they've all been weighed, measured, and found wanting. And if this were Sparta, they would be kicked into the well. If they trick you into eating fewer calories, they do tend to work. But the hidden truth is that all diets, when the calories and protein are the same, work the same every time. That means your friend who lost 20 pounds on that one fad diet ate less than they needed to maintain their weight. If they were lucky, that diet fat or that diet fad fed them more protein and they reaped the rewards, which we'll talk about here in a bit. But it wasn't because of some magical properties of a low carb or the fact that they were eating for their blood type, even when they thought that's why it worked. No, it was because they were sapping energy in the form of fat from their body. So, that's a very important point to consider here is why people's weight changes when on a diet and it really comes down to that all important caloric deficit no matter what kind of trends or fads are popular in the news or popular in the checkout line at a grocery store ultimately it comes down to energy out being higher than energy in and then you're going to see progress but what about another time-honored truth of diets that people like to really hold on to which is you have to be miserable to lose weight well the truth is you don't have to be miserable to lose weight. So know this. Calories are the most important part of a diet, and calories come from macronutrients, or macros, protein, carbs, and fat. These are the building blocks of your food, 
and control your dieting destiny. And you can master them if you track them. An eye roll or two is normal here, but I don't want to track macros. That's fair. But you have to accept that after you've made that decision, you're leaving every other part of your diet, including whether it works or not, up to chance. The macros are there whether you want to count them or not. Either you control them or they control you. Think about it like this. You can give me a person who's on a vegan diet, a paleo diet. They're going gluten-free. They're doing whatever to lose weight. I can add up everything that they ate for the day. You can add it up too, and you'll see that there is a value for protein, carbs, and fat. So it's there whether you like it or not. Best to know. Anyway, that's how we like to look at it. But here's the bright side. Knowing that calories and macros, especially protein, matter the most, it gives you an enormous amount of freedom. It means that you don't have to give up your favorite foods, and it means that you don't have to take a shot in the dark with one weird diet after the next. And most of all, it means that you don't have to be miserable, and you can still lose weight, and more importantly, keep it off. Many people will rail against this idea, thinking that you have to suffer to make real progress. Does that sound like science? I hope not. It really sounds like something from the dark ages. And if you don't have to avoid your favorite dishes, expel happiness from your life, and charge flaming sword first in the darkness, you might, well, read definitely will, be better off in the long run. So take this truth and roll with it. Diet in a way that's sustainable, makes sense, and gets you where you want to go without killing yourself along the way. How? What I'm going to talk about next will give you the juicy details. Now, this advice might not be for everyone. We all know that one person who says, I just can't control myself, can't stop eating carbs, I can't just have one slice, etc. The, the best thing I can say here is, you have the freedom to not be that person, and the choice is yours. All right, now we're going to talk about a real game changer. There's uh, <laughs> another game changer that's very popular in the media now, but we're going to talk about the real one, and it's protein. Protein is the game changer that you've been looking for. And it should be clear by now that calories matter most when dieting. If you're not restricting calories, you're not going to move energy out of your body, which is the most confusing way to say lose weight. It's just not possible. But while calories will control the amount of weight you lose, where those calories come from, cough, cough, macros, will change what kind of weight you lose. And that's where protein comes in. It's worth repeating this a thousand times. When you compare diets that are the same in calories and protein, the fat lost is also the same. Calories make sense, but why protein? Because eating plenty of protein while you diet spares your body from burning through its stores of muscle. So more of the weight that you lose will be fat. And what we're going to talk about next, you'll see why that's important. And of all the macronutrients, protein helps you stay the fullest. Eating high-protein foods on a diet helps stave off pesky hunger, keeping you satiated and happy. But wait, there's more! Protein also has the biggest effect on the thermic effect of food, which is a fancy science way of saying how much energy you burn while digesting and using the food that you just ate. While the thermic effect of food doesn't make a huge difference in the total energy you burn each day, stoking the furnace here and there with protein sure doesn't hurt. So let's recap three of the big benefits that protein is going to give you in your diet. One, it keeps you full. Two, it helps your body spare muscle. And three, it burns more energy when it's being digested. And it's absolutely crazy that we still need to say this, but high-protein diets are not dangerous or bad for your kidneys unless you already have a very serious kidney disease and are hooked up to a dialysis machine. In fact, if there's ever a food group that's on your side while you're dieting, it is protein. Now let's talk about the long-term here for a second. And we're going to talk about how maintaining muscle is important for long-term success. Every unit of muscle has a certain metabolic activity, meaning that it burns a certain number of calories just by existing. 
adding more muscle or keeping the muscle you already have can benefit your metabolism, your diet, and the success of your diet when it's over. Now, muscle isn't nearly as metabolically active as most other organs like the heart, brain, or kidneys, but we can't really make our kidneys bigger to burn fat, and that wouldn't be a great idea health-wise. Muscle is the only major organ system we can significantly change, which is why muscle is important for sustainable fat loss. At the end of your diet, you don't want to be worse off metabolically than when you started. If you lose muscle while you're dieting, you'll reduce your metabolism. That means the diet itself could get harder since you'll have to eat even less to be in a deficit, and maintaining your weight after the diet will be harder too. Neither of those is great for keeping pounds off in the long run. That's why dieting isn't just about losing fat, it's also about not losing muscle. So how do we do that? You already know one trick, eat lots of protein. When you're in a deficit, your body steals protein from muscle tissue to feed to other parts of your body, creating hormones and enzymes, rebuilding organs, and generally allowing you to stay alive, which is nice. But if you get enough protein from food, your body will have plenty to work with and you won't have to dip into your savings, aka your biceps and glutes. The other trick for maintaining muscle is exercise. If you put your muscles to work, you're sending your body a signal that you need that stuff and it's not okay to tear it apart. And when it comes to choosing what type of exercise, weights are better than cardio. Let's get something out of the way. In the land of dieting, nutrition is king. If you're not eating a caloric deficit with plenty of protein, you're setting yourself up for failure. But exercise has its place too. In fact, as we saw in what we talked about a little earlier, you should exercise while you're dieting. You'll expend more calories, and if you do it right, hold on the precious metabolism-boosting muscle. Science, back, science backs this up. Dieters who also exercise maintain more weight loss after a year than those who dieted or just exercised. But it's not always as clear what kind of exercise you should be doing. There's a big debate between the two ends of the spectrum— Lifting weights and doing cardio. Which is better for fat loss? So look at weights first. Okay, that's not a complete answer. Lifting weights doesn't expend as much energy as cardio, so you could make an argument that cardio is, better, is a better driver of fat loss. But exercising while dieting isn't about burning more fat, it's about not burning more muscle. And that's where hitting the weights wins hands down. In one study, subjects dieted on 800 calories for 12 weeks. And just saying that hurts my soul. But one group did cardio and the other one lifted weights. At the end of that study, the cardio group lost more weight, but they also lost 9 pounds of lean body mass, much of, which, much of which was likely muscle. By contrast, the resistance training group lost zero lean body mass, and while the cardio group's metabolisms went down, the resistance training group's metabolisms actually increased. Um, so think about that for a second. What's important at the end of a diet? A big part is sustainability and what you do after that diet is over. So if your metabolism is down, the total daily energy that you're expending is less. When you're coming out of that diet state, it's going to be way harder to keep up progress. Now, if your metabolism is up, you have more lean body mass, you're probably going to be set up for better success. So important point to consider. Now let's think about how smarter satiety, aka being full, equals a happier you. Now, if you're an alien who never gets hungry, then this section isn't for you. For most of our human listeners, it's pretty obvious that hunger is the big problem when dieting. The mantra is eat less, and we're all pretty cool with that first word. It's the less that gives us trouble. Unfortunately, there's no way around it. To make, a se to make serious progress, at some point you're going to feel hungry, possibly even hangry. But while we can't banish hunger completely, we can play it smart and keep it to a minimum. And here's how. 
We already talked about this one. Eat lots of protein. It has such a robust impact on society. <laughs> we'll be a society of people experiencing society if we all eat more protein uh, or fullness. <laughs> um, but scientists think that protein-induced society can cause weight loss on its own by making you eat less. Yes, protein is awesome. You can also make sure that you're getting plenty of fiber. Although some research questions whether fiber makes a big difference in fullness, soluble fiber options like oats have long been touted as great diet foods because they digest slowly and help keep you feeling fuller longer. Finally, eating foods with high volume will improve satiety. <laughs> Simply put, high volume foods take up more space in your stomach than lower volume foods, given the same amount of energy. For instance, 500 calories of lettuce will fill you up a lot better than 500 calories of jelly beans. For the best hunger-kicking firepower, put all of those different elements together, high protein, high fiber, high volume, and space them out. For every low-calorie meal you have to scarf down while dieting, make sure that you have at least two of these boxes ticked, high protein, high fiber, or high volume. With these tricks, you can fill the void in your stomach a few hours longer every day, and that could make a very big difference in the consistency that you experience and the success that you get as a result. So there's a lot of opinions on what I'm going to talk about next when it comes to the speed with which you conduct your diet. But um, what we're going to talk about is more of a slow and steady approach. And by slow and steady, I mean reasonable. Um, it's not like we're trying to drop all the weight as fast as possible, going crazy low calories. And it's also like we're not trying to lose a gram of body fat each week. But kind of, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But this is a big one. Up to this point, you may think that dieting takes somewhere between 21 days and 6 weeks. It's no surprise. Most health and fitness magazines, fad diets, and gurus try to sell you on quick and dirty fat loss plans. But that's really nonsense. The reality for most of us is that it's going to take longer than that. And who's really surprised? How many people, not counting infomercials, have actually reached success on a 4-week belly fat shredding fast track to trim program? How many instead have tried quick fad diets over and over again or tried them until they just gave up? Well, it took a long time to get where you are, and it's probably going to take a while to get where you're going. One of my favorite quotes in the whole wide world is, Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither were you. So let that soak in for a second, and then let's bring some science back into this. At slow rates of dieting, when you're in a slight deficit but not too far away from maintenance, you can chip away at your body's body fat stores piece by piece without sacrificing muscle tissue. The exact point where you start to drop too low and start burning muscle is different for everyone. If we all knew our sweet spot, dieting would be easy. Track macros, eat XYZ calories, exercise, done. Unfortunately, metabolisms change over time, and that sweet spot moves around. On the flip side, you have rapid weight loss, the nuclear option, drop calories extremely low, lose a bunch of weight, and call it quits. Sounds great, but it's a bad idea. Trying to lose the same amount of weight with a faster diet leads to the same weight loss, but much more of it will be lost muscle. As we've seen, this can wreak havoc on your long-term success. The takeaway here is slow and steady wins the race. Diet slowly, methodically, and with an eye on sustainability instead of speed, and your future self will thank you. And if you're using Avatar... Generally, I say use moderate fat loss. You can use a slow one, but um, like I was saying, there's there's a balance. So you want to think, okay, do I want to like make sure that I'm holding on to every single ounce of muscle possible? If that's the case, stick with slow sustainable. But if you're like, well, I would like to get this over with a little bit faster and maybe seeing the scale move faster could give me more motivation, that's when you'd want to do moderate. And if you're really like, I don't mind being hungry 
and I'm okay with possibly risking a little bit of lean body mass loss, then you could do aggressive. So that's just my little caveat for those avatar users listening. So everything else doesn't really matter as much as what we've talked about. So let's talk about um, the other macros, right? And some other things that could play into your diet. So sure, the types of fat that you eat might affect your heart health. You do need vitamins and minerals to survive, and you should drink enough water. Other things matter beside restricting calories and counting macros, but for most people trying to lose weight, all the things that you thought made a difference probably don't. And here's a list of some things that don't really matter. So avoiding food and carbs at night. Well, spoiler, that's not going to mess up your weight loss. Uh, it's, it all comes down to your total daily intake and your weekly average intake. So if you're having some of that intake later at night, it's not going to make a difference. So avoiding foods that are generally labeled as toxic, artificial, or processed, etc. That's really not going to cause much issue because it comes down to energy. Eating for your blood type. There's really no evidence that shows that that works. Doing cleanses and detoxes. It's obvious why a zero-protein crash diet is a bad idea at this point, I should hope. Um, eating organic foods. Nope. We've actually written articles about that that you can check out on our blog, and you might really enjoy it. Uh, avoiding gluten. So unless you have celiac disease, it probably doesn't matter. And like we did on our last podcast, was gluten-framed? Well, we dug into that, so maybe you should give that one a listen if you haven't already. So I know. This part might get feisty, and lots of people have powerful feelings about lots of the things I just talked about. They have to matter. Why? Because I spent so much time caring about them. Well, unfortunately, no. It's tempting to want a sexier and zestier diet, and maybe we'd rather suffer or maybe just want something awesome to tell our friends when they ask us how we got the summer bod. Oh, I just ate grapefruit until I was skinny. Now, that's way more interesting than saying I tracked and hit my macros, and I, was, and I smartly and sustainably reached my goal. We admit that. But the second option is the one that works, and it's backed by confident science, and it's the answer your friends probably need to see and hear. Ignore the nonsense. Save your energy and precious time. Do it for you and for everyone who will see you as a shining example. So how long should you diet? Lots of studies have looked at lots of diets, lasting anywhere from a few weeks to several years, and there doesn't seem to be a definite golden ratio for how long someone should diet, but that's not really the question, how long should you diet? Now we're cooking. We know that diets can be too fast, but if you're committed to taking your time, when, when should you stop? Let's keep it simple. Stop when you've reached your goals. That's a very genius insight, and I'm aware of that. Or when you see warning signs telling you when you should stop. Here are some bright red flags that indicate you should consider ending your cut, starting a reverse diet, which we'll talk about soon, and living to burn fat another day. So let's say that you've hit a weight loss plateau, and despite hitting your macros consistently for several weeks, you're just not seeing progress. Uh, let's say that you're constantly hungry and fighting the urge to overeat and entering into hangry land. That's another sign that it might be time. Or you're cycling between over-restricting and binging, making no progress and suffering for it. Those are three bright red flags that you want to consider for when you might want to stop your diet. Some people can diet for eight, nine months without hitting these roadblocks. Other people struggle after just a few weeks. It's going to be different for everyone, and you'll have to pay close attention to your body and your mental state. And whether you just reached your goals, congratulations, or you need to step back from dieting and make more progress, which can be a smart thing to do, your next step should always be reverse dieting. So let's talk about the reverse diet. This is finally a happy ending. Even a perfect diet can be ruined by what you do after, 
and that's why the rate of weight regain is sky high. With any luck, you're stepping out of your deficit having lost a good amount of fat and a minimal amount of muscle and have a healthy metabolism uh, to carry home with you into the future. But very few of us are lucky enough to walk away unscathed. And I want to share a quote really quick from one of our Avatar members, uh, Jessica Arndt, and this one's awesome. But she says, I followed a conservative reverse diet for 30 weeks and gained about 12 pounds. Half of that came from muscle. I went from 1,401 to 3,419 calories per day, and I'm now maintaining on 3,415 calories per day, and my mind is blown. This is the best thing that I've ever done for my body. So you can actually look her up, Jessica. She's awesome. And uh, it's a great example of uh, that transitioning into a reverse diet and really getting to a great place, putting on muscle tissue and setting herself up for long-term success. So diets will almost always slow down your metabolism. Your weight's gone down, you've lost some muscle, and your body has slowly adapted to eat less food. That means you're primed to gain weight back, but we're not going to let you. We have a way out, and as I said before, it's called reverse dieting. So if, you don't, if you're not familiar with that process, reverse dieting or reversing is the process of getting to the good stuff, eating more, a bit more slowly. By gradually increasing your calories each week, your body can steadily ramp up its metabolism back to its pre-dieting glory, sometimes even better. A reverse diet sets you up for long-term, sustainable success, which we've been pushing this whole time. And we've got a ton of information all over the place on our YouTube channel. Uh, I'm sure we'll do podcasts about reverse dieting, and you can check out reverse dieting articles on our blog to learn more about it. But it's, it's an extremely powerful process. And the next step is forever. So the simple, negative, unhelpful truth is that most diets fail. But most diets fail because most people care more about finishing a diet uh, than whether it makes sense and sets them up for success. Now, you know everything that you need to know to be the exception. Be consistent. Follow the science and never turn back. And forever will start today. I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast, learned something from it, and can apply it to your life to live your best life. Uh, make sure that if you're listening on iTunes, you leave us a little five-star rating. It helps us reach more people. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, I think you can actually follow the podcast. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, there's easy ways to get in contact with us through our website. That's www.avatar, like James Cameron, nutrition.com. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this, and we'll come up with another episode soon. See you later.